Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains. I'm one of your hosts, Dano. Cracking a cold one and about to go on a fucking rant is Pato. As always, welcome, Pato. Yes, hello, everyone. Uh, very keen to jump into another one. Big week in footy and uh, keen to digest it from a super coach perspective. Mate, how, how are you fuming right now? I'll just get on with your rant, fucking Pato. We give the listeners what they want. What the fuck happened on Twitter? Come on, mate. Oh, all right. I thought we'd wait for the Twitter beef, but anyway, let's not name names. But yep. let's just say someone with a, with a username on Twitter that rhymes with Hordes PPG. Blocked me for uh, calling him out for not starting Jack McRae and just mentioning that maybe he made some mistakes last year doing very similar things. And the fucking idiot's gone and um, traded out Jack Steele. So, look, it's his team. Um, It's his content. I actually listened and watch his content. Um, I don't mind it. Puts me to sleep sometimes because he's a bit monotonous. And um, anyway, uh, let's not go there. But he missed out on Jack Steele's 111 and, and probably... 180 next week when he plays Richmond. Yeah, I said 130 plus when he plays Richmond before round one even started. So, yeah, that's fair, Pato. I thought you'd go off a bit more than that, but I reckon once you sink a few more bevies, you will go absolutely... We'll save it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, our group round winner was Brendan Dirty Deeds DDC, scoring 2,511. His team was a bit interesting there, Pato. He's done a few risky picks. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, I don't mind the team actually. I have jumped into the wrong parts. So we're off to a good start. I've had a few, so don't mind me, everyone at home. It's, it's all good. Um, he started he started Jackie Hayes at R two. He had Bruce on the bench, stuff like that. So he went he went all right. Fucking Pato's yes, all over I'm the place. Still trying to work it out, don't I? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I got it, Brendan. I got your team, mate. I got your team. So. Um, yeah, Georgie Hewitt's is a D5, which which I like. I like. I really like. He's got Patrick Cripps. Uh, he's got Matty Rowell, who somehow tagged over the weekend. Stewie, who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. The the interesting thing was Jack Hayes R2. Braden Pruce is obviously was relying on him to play round two. Surely he comes in demo, but we'll probably dissect that a little bit later. But yep. I really like his forward line. He's got Will Brody in there. He's got Josh Rochelle. He's got Isaac Heaney. Um Looking, he's got all the guys that you need to have. Now, I'm not sure, obviously, whether he or not he's made any trades last week, but I like the look of that team, Brendan. So, well done on getting the highest score from our group. Congratulations on that one. I'm sitting about 50th ranked, Dano, but it's a long game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a long rank. It's a long rank. Anyway, we go straight into injuries, mate. So, Lockie Whitfield, I reckon, looked fucking hopeless, and I reckon he's carrying a niggle or something. Yeah, just by the eye test. The eye test, Pato, the eye test. He doesn't look right. Yeah, Lockie Whitfield is an absolute gun, and I've watched him a lot over the years. Um, I very, I really rate him when he's up and about, but oh, he was terrible yesterday, Dano. He, he doesn't look right. And to shame, um, the footy is a much better mm. sport when Lockie Whitfield's up and, up and healthy, but he's not right. I'm jumping off that train and letting it explode up ahead of the next station. So... It's, I'm jumping off, Dano. I think you're jumping off with me. And anyone that stays on, I think you're going to join the burning wreckage very soon. Yeah. Um, it's weird when you say he doesn't look right and you reckon he's carrying an eagle and he still runs like 15 kilometers or whatever. But like it wasn't 
yeah, it just it just doesn't look right. And as a GWS fan, yeah, I won't be surprised if he gets a rest this week because he's carrying something. Anyway, we'll try and power through these injuries. Um, Zachy Merritt, Cinder's Moses, the regretted Cinder's Moses, out for six to eight weeks. Um, Sean Darcy, Pato, uh, his ankle looked quite serious, did it? Yeah, that didn't look great. He had someone land on his ankle and twisted that one. But just quickly with Zach Merritt, keep an eye out for uh, Hobbs, Ben Hobbs, I think it is. Um, mate debut, but also someone else that we'll talk about soon. But yeah, Sean Dice didn't yep. look great. Uh, I don't know why he'd start him with, with the issues that he'd had over preseason. And yep, there we go. Another injury. And it wasn't even something that he had injured before. So not good for Sean Darcy. You're going to have to jump yep. off that if you started him, I think. Yep. He who shall not be named. We're going to name him now. Jordan DeGoey. Um, ankle. Did he do an ankle? Fuck. I didn't even, I didn't watch this game, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, he, he tried to on? avoid a bodyguard while trying to touch someone up. So, fuck, Pato, bitch. Okay, fuck that guy. <laughs> Darren Thomas, uh, ribs went to hospital. Looked pretty serious, Pato. I reckon he might be out for a bit. Yeah, if he's gone to hospital with ribs, um, not looking good. Don't know whether he's broken it or whether he's done something more serious, like with Dusty last year, but. Yeah, not good. Uh, that's yep. actually someone I didn't chuck on the injury list, but probably needs to be addressed, Dano. Yeah, oh, Dusty could end that. up retiring. Yeah, I right. heard that rumour. Um, <laughs> there's a rumour going around. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of bullshit that gets read around on Twitter, but who was it? It was uh, fucking Sam McClure. So take take that for what you will. Um, yeah. Spreads a yep. lot of bullshit, but he reckons he's going to go <laughs> over and take over his father's business in New Zealand. Like... Sam McClure is going to look very fucking stupid if that doesn't happen. He plays round three and destroys uh, whoever the fuck we've got this week, St Kilda. So, um, yeah, I mean, one to watch out for. If you've got Dusty, I'd probably jump off unless his name this week. It's not good. Um, hope Dusty's all right. That's all I'll say. Addo's going in at the moment. Holy shit. This is this is quality mate, content. Mate, we haven't Addo. even moved past rookies yet. Oh, no, shit. Okay, LDU, uh, Davies Uniac, uh, shoulder head knock. Possible concussion um, will likely miss the next week. Uh, could even be four to six weeks um, with how serious the shoulder actually is. Anyway, um, we're going to go to trading strategy now, Pato. Um, time to ditch under performing premiums, you reckon? Go yeah, on, Whitfield. So this is, round two is when you can really assess your situation. I was very big on not trading last week and obvious reasons. You keep a Jack Steele, yep. sure. 111, you're not paying that much for 111, but yeah. you just hold on to him. Jack Crisp is the obvious one, Dano. I went very big on this one. Sure, he was shit house last week. 121. This is why you don't trade these fuckers. Yep, Simple yep. as that. Um, but now you have seen two weeks. Max Gorn has had two sub 100. Do you jump off him? I personally don't think Gorn is one to jump off. Neither. He only played Gold Coast and um, whoever the fuck, uh, Western Bulldogs last week, who are 0 2. Um, but someone that you can jump off is Whitfield. You've seen two weeks. He has looked great both weeks. Jump off. I bought that burning ship. Um, last year, I got burnt by holding on to Heaney way too long and Crips as well, way too long, way longer than I should have. You just got to jump off. When it doesn't look right, it usually isn't right. Um, you can't give it one week. Everyone has bad games. It sucks when it's round one, but don't jump yep. off your primos. But now that we've seen them for two, I think you've got to try and work out how you can get some value in. And we'll talk about some of those options later on in the podcast. Well, it's like hold gone. Yeah. Hold gone. Whitfield, I would we be understand. holding Gorn, but there is a strategy that we'll talk about later that I wouldn't mind if you have Gorn and don't have Whitfield. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay, cool. Anyway, we go on to uh, rookies that are must-haves or on the bubble. 
I'm going to power through these, Pato. So um, we're not even going to dissect their games. We're just going to say them because we've got so much fucking content to get through. So anyway, Jack Hayes, 102K. Is it my, minus 135 break even? Fucking get him in. Tristan Cherry is another one. Um, up forward as well, 208K, minus 77. Fucking huge. Going to skyrocket in price. Josh Rochelle, 184K, minus 68. This one is because of his round one score, like Jackie Hayes. Um, just keep an eye on that. He could go fucking huge um, this week. We don't know. Jack Ginnivan is the big one and the massive POD of these rookies. 199K, minus 66 break evens. Fucking killed it last round, Pato. Um, Paddy McCartan, 157K, minus 58 defensive forward swing. Fucking sexy, nice. If you don't have him, you got to have him. Dylan Stevens, 167K mid, minus 56 break even. Again, sexy pick. Jason Horny Francis, 207K, minus 52. Everyone's pretty much got him. Paddy Nash, your old Richmond boy that's now at West Coast as a supplementary fucking top-up player, 189K mid forward, minus 42 break even. Going to go up in fucking price. Now, Alex Davies, we're not too keen on. 202K minus 38. Um, yeah, it's his role that we're not the biggest fans of. But if you got him, hold him. If you don't, I wouldn't probably bring him in. Nikki Dacos, 193K minus 38 break even. Kid's a gun. He's going to probably pump out another 100 plus or something soon. Or well, his first 100 plus, I should say. Um, Connor McDonald, 117K minus 34 break even. Um, he's going plot along nicely with his 50, so just leave him be if you've got him. Mitchie Hinge, 180K minus 28. Played pretty solid on the weekend, Pato. So, fuck, I need a breath after that. <laughs> right, I'll off. take over for a second then. Yep. Now, for those that may be new this year to listening to us, this is our nailing guys to trade in, Dano. And we're not afraid yep. to throw some random fucking names at you. Um, the first few won't be random. Throw some extra ones just about that guy. And you look up the stats and they're usually where we reread the stats out for you. But we'll, we'll give you the info. You go do what you want with it. If you want to bring him into your team, then fucking great. If not, then good on you. Um, but yeah, this is our bread and butter. So yeah. starting yeah. defense, Dano, you, you got your breath back. You had a sip of beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm all good at ciders here, mate. Um, anyway. We'll start off with one that I didn't start, that Pato did, and I'm bringing in for fucking Whitfield, and that is Georgie Hewitt. 399K, 124 average, 39%, minus 15 break even. It fucking sucks if you didn't start him like like me. Uh, we got Adam Scherer to return, but I don't see Hewitt's bulldozing role changing. I could see maybe Scherer moving to a wing or something like that and then rotating with um, Bam Bam and stuff like that. So... Pato, your thoughts on Georgie Hewitt? Yeah, I think George Hewitt is safe in that midfield for now. I think he'll get less of the footy, which is probably natural when you get more ball winners into the team. But he definitely won't maintain a 120 average. So if you're expecting that, forget it. But he's under 400,000, and that's great value. Now, can he average a 95 to 100? I think he could. And I started him with the thought of being him being a stepping stone, um, someone that'll make 100K, 150K, and then I'll turn him into a Jake Lloyd or Aaron Hall, even though I started Aaron Hall after Jake Lloyd was out in round one. Um, I actually think it's a tough call, Dano, uh, just because you're not sure what the roles are going to be within that midfield group. That midfield bat's so fucking deep now. Yeah. And um, it's a little bit risky 
in your situation where you are looking to bring him in. Worst case scenario, makes 100K and you jump back off him in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't love that either because I'm very big, pardon me, um, on maintaining trades because I think we'll need them at the back end of the season. But I can't, I look at that team and I think George Hewitt is doing such good things for Patrick Cripps. George Hewitt is doing the dirty work and allowing him to play mm. a little bit more of an outside hybrid and he's getting forward, he's kicking goals and yeah. he's looking at a trillion dollars, Dano. And I think George Hewitt is a guy that's allowing that to happen. And I cannot see a world where George Hewitt moves out of that midfield. So at under 400K, you've, if you've got a Whitfield, it's an easy choice for me. Yeah, yeah. And it also allows you to upgrade another rookie and we're gonna. I'm going to talk about another guy that you can bring in um, in a few picks time anyway. Aaron Hall, the massive POD at 4% of teams, 573K defender, 126 average, 83 break even. His ceiling's so fucking high. He's the biggest fucking seagull on the planet. He's quite expensive, but as we said in our preseason predictions, we believe that he's going to be the top scoring defender by year's end. And look at him averaging 126 and just not skipping a beat after he's come off his injury. His injury's... His durability is the only concern, probably. But if you got a little bit of cover, that's okay. Um, yeah, he's you got you're going to get him in at some stage, aren't you, Pato? Yeah, that's probably the only doubt is that durability issue. And coming off a hamstring in preseason, as soon as you start hearing soft tissues, it's it's not a great uh, great news to hear if you're looking at starting someone. But this is probably one of the only guys that we're talking about at a higher price. Most of the the guys I would be looking at this week are the value picks that are going to go up yeah. 100K, 150K, um, and with such really low break evens. And Aaron Hall is almost the only guy that we've put in here that isn't at that stage, um, except for the next guy as well. Um, but it's more of your, the POD aspect. And if, you, if you're in a cash league, or even if you're just in a league with, with mates or work workmen or whatever... Um, Aaron Hall is someone that can win you a matchup because he can go 140, 150 and just destroy a matchup. And I, mm. he's, he's in what, 4% of teams, Dano? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, when Jake Lloyd was out, it was an easy decision to go with Aaron Hall. Because um, if he gets injured in round one, it's an easy trade. You're just using one. But yeah, I think you need him in your team. If he gets injured, you just fucking deal with it. Um, Paddy McCartan scoring well in that role. Mitch Hinge, like, there's there's cover available. Obviously, it's not Aaron Hall cover, but yeah, I think you just bring him in and ask questions later. Yep, yep, that's fair. And next bloke is Sam Doherty, 533K, 122 average in 5% of teams. So another massive POD. Great start to the year. Um, can he crack top eight defenders? He has before, Pato. He has before. Will he do it again? Yep, and he's got uh, a pretty low break even at 68 as well. So... He'll be up towards that 600K range as well and might be slept on just because of the other value options. So, look, if I had a Whitford, I'd even consider if I had 30K to go to Doherty instead of Hewitt. I think Hewitt will probably score more over the year than Hewitt. Now, hopefully I'm wrong because I have Hewitt and I don't have Doherty. Um, but it looks like Doherty is probably going to be part of that top six to eight mid, uh, sorry, defender group and you're probably going to want him. And if you can get him at 533K right now before he goes up, then why wouldn't you, Dano? I don't think he'll keep up the 120 average, but I can see him going 105, 110. The guy's a fucking gun. And he's actually had some time away, so his body isn't horrible. Yeah, yeah. Next play, Jeremy McGovern, okay? McLovin. 481K, 116 average in 1% of teams. 
I don't I don't like it, but he does look relevant again because West Coast are really shit and the ball's going to spend a lot of time in defense. So, Pato, your thoughts? Yeah, the only guy in his family that can actually play footy. So, um, <laughs> Jeremy's looking really, really good. And 116 average. Now, I don't know what people think about West Coast. Uh, they had about 47 changes to their team from round one to round two because COVID's gone through the club. Um, I mean, Ben Cousins will probably get a game for them next week at this rate. So, they're going to be average is my point. And the ball is going to spend a lot of time going into their defensive 50. And who's the one that picks off everything that goes inside their defensive 50? Jeremy, Jeremy McGovern. McGovern. And 481,000. Um, he's a bit more expensive than Hewitt, but he's in 1% of teams. He's a great, great POD. And yeah, I think there's a lot to like about this real good point of difference pick. Now, this bloke, next bloke's ownership is going to jump right up, I reckon. Um, and that's Hayden Young at 418k, 108 average in 0.8% of teams. Getting plenty of the footy off halfback there, Pato. Um, Lukey Ryan and him seem to be able to coexist, or at least in round two anyway. But is it a breakout year or is it just a really good game? No, nah, the guy's played 15 games. And he's played two games already this year against bottom six teams. And he's got probably the wooden spoon winners next week. The yep. guy hasn't played anyone good. Um, it's probably 12 months early for someone like Hayden Young. He's scoring well. Yep, sure. But I feel like it's a flash in the pan. Um, he's definitely not going to be the ninth ranked defender by the end of the year that he is currently. I'd be not steering away from this. Maybe a good little draft option, but not. I wouldn't be bringing him in. Now this next bloke. Is one that I'm seriously intrigued by, and that's Jack Sinclair of St Kilda. 469k, 107 average in 1% of teams. He is on the ton run sheet. So the ton run sheet is basically those that haven't dropped below a ton so far. So he's, he's one of those players that hasn't dropped below 100 yet. He's scoring well, but is that just a good first two rounds? Like he is his role that good now, Pato? Enough runs. The role, the, looks, the role looks good. He's getting midfield minutes, but yeah. he plays for St Kilda. Yeah. And the guy's had, what, eight, nine years in, the, in that system where he's, he's always played a few games in the midfield and then always gets thrown back or on the wing and it, all of a sudden is irrelevant again. And I just feel like it's coming. Um, I can't see the role staying. Um, he's scoring well, but if you're going to bring him in, Dano, is he a top 10 defender? By the end of the year? No. Is that worth two trades? No. So let's talk about the next guy. Yeah, that's fair. The next bloke's the one that I'm actually, and this is a strategy that I'm doing, which is Whitfield down to Hewitt and then like a Joshy Gibkiss up to this guy because it frees up that much money. And that's Jake Bowie at 265K, a rising star nominee, or sorry, winner um, for round two, 105 average, 7% of teams, minus 54 break even, had a fucking big 150-odd score. So that's going to be in his rolling average for two weeks. Basically guaranteed cash dollar. Great job security with Christian Salem out now. Um, and a great stepping stone. And in a line where defensive rookie options are actually not performing the greatest. There We got some, but they're not performing the greatest. So, Pato, do you like my strategy there? I'm doing the same thing, mate. This is a guy that'll be 400k in three weeks. Big call. And, I like it. And 
that's not even if he scores well. Now, is he going to score 150? Definitely fucking not. Uh, plays Essendon this week, Dano. So if Dylan Shield comes back into that team, I can see him getting plenty of the footy down there because Essendon <laughs> cannot kick. So, look, I really like this. And it's fool's gold, really. Like, Christian Salem is out. His job yeah. security isn't a risk. He had a really big game. His role didn't even really change from round one. It's just that there's no Christian Salem who's the guy that they look to get the ball out of the defensive 50. So Jake Bowie's that guy now. Stephen May, I mean, he can be that guy, but Bowie is the guy. Um, I know he's young, but he's 265,000. And I, I think it's so obvious. You've got Whitfield underperforming. You get to Bowie, you get 240,000 from that and do whatever the fuck you want with that. I'm doing Whitfield down to Bowie. And I am going, fuck who am I training? Barry up to Isaac Heaney. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's, an, it's a no-brainer for me. And whether that's Heaney, whether that's Cripps, whether that's Hewitt, whatever you want to fucking do with that 240000 it's it's so obvious to me. Yep. No, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, we'll go to the midfielders. And the, the first one, I don't even know why the fuck he's on here. He's in 54% of teams, but... We gotta put him in there. That's Lockie Neal, 543k, 169 average, one fucking 69 average, minus 20 break even. If you didn't start him, you're a fucking idiot. If you don't have him now, you gotta to get to him quicker than a fat kid to a Macca's grease tray. Like honestly, you just gotta fucking go for it. Just absolutely dive yep. in. Get him in. Yep, this is your chance before he's seven seven hundred thousand because he's got north this week. Then he's got the old men down at Geelong, and then he's got Collingwood who don't tag. So Fuck, he's got a neck, he's got a good next three. Um, and then he's got Gold Coast. So he's got a good month ahead. Um oh, Lockie Neal could captain. win the fucking brown low. He is back to his best. Um, yeah, look, he's only he's in only just over half percent half of the teams, which yeah, blows my mind. Um, there's one guy in the forward line that I didn't even put in there because he's in so many teams, Dano. Lockie Neal should be in that category, but somehow he's not because he's only yeah. in 54% of teams. But yeah. if for whatever reason you didn't start Lockie Neal. This is your chance. You're going to blow it. He's going to be 600K by next week. Literally yeah. one more game and it'll be 600K. Fuck, just just get him in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for those that uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, my tweet aged beautifully. Didn't it, Pato? The captain, like he averaged it's 151 just, versus Essendon. So I'm like fucking chuck the C on him and he got 198 or whatever. Like the fuck, like, yeah. Oh. It's just a shame that Jack McRae went 142 because I know I've missed out on 56 me. points there. Um, 130 plus, you just you lock it in. But oh, yeah. what could have been if Lockie Neal was my captain? Dana, he was definitely my plan B if if McRae didn't score what he scored. But well, I'm pretty happy McRae with too. 142 from my captain. I, I took McRae as well, and then I felt filthy with myself. I didn't follow my own advice with Lockie Neal. Anyway, next bloke who is one that I don't have. And I can't say I won't be able to fit him in, but that's okay. That's Patrick Cripps at 454k. He's got a 147 average, 37% of teams have him, minus 28 break even. Looks fucking unreal. Great role. How how much can he sustain this? Is it just a like a flash in the pan to start the season? Then he just goes back down to like 90s and early 100s. It doesn't really matter. Can you trust him in his body? We don't know. But at the moment, if you can get him in, yeah, I, I would. Or another bloke that we'll talk about later that I'm really keen on, Pato. Yeah, I'm a bit on the fence about this because I've, I'm dying on the hill that Patrick Cripps will break down one day. Okay. And with his track record, it's probably more a case of if not when. Uh, sorry, when not if. 
Yeah. Okay. That that's fair. And I'm willing to die on that hill. I know a lot of people are bringing him in. It's a risk. I'm bringing in Isaac Heaney at the same price, which we will talk about soon. Yeah. And I know he's had his body issues as well, but that's that's just Pato at his fucking best. Yep. <laughs> but I'm letting my point is I'm letting Patrick Cripps go. I'm ignore not ignoring him. I'm seeing his scoring. I'm seeing him playing fucking unbelievable footy. But I'm banking on him getting injured at some point because he always fucking does. Yep, uh, that's fair. Next bloke is the one that Pato talked up in all preseason and had him in his side and then backed out at the last second, isn't it, Pato? Uh, it's not that I backed out. It's just that I needed cash elsewhere and Pussy I bitch. turned him into <laughs> I turned him into uh, what's his name, Jared Berry, and then used the cash elsewhere. Uh, I think I went to Hewitt, so I'm probably in the plus even without Brayshaw. When you think Hewitt plus Berry as opposed to Brayshaw and a rookie at probably Josh Gibson, Gosh Gibkiss, Josh Gibkiss. Fuck. <laughs> it's one of those podcasts. Don't I haven't know. even announced who the um, player is yet. It is Andy Brayshaw, <laughs> by the way, at 584K, 158 average, six per turn to teams, and a 26 break even. And he looks fucking set for a breakout year. Yeah, I think I someone said that on a podcast, Dano. Do you Shut listen to that up. podcast? <laughs> It was our podcast and it was Pado and I wasn't too keen. Like, you know, when you got your burn, man, like I, I had Brayshaw last year. I thought his breakout year would be last year, but um, Pado thought Cripses and Heaney's would be last year as well. So anyway, we give yep, it to 12 each other months early. We, were, we were both 12 months early on those three guys. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Andy Brayshaw, nice cheeky little POD there if you want him. Um, five Not for long, Dano. For... He'll be very popular in probably four weeks. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, the next bloke who is a, like he, as soon as they won that grand final and he won his Norm Smith, he fucking decided not to have a holiday and just kept on training. And that's Christian Petrarca at 606K, 146 average, 17% of teams have him, 62 break even. Looks amazing. Fucking beasting it at the moment. Will be top 10. Just he'll be top 10. This guy will be top four, Dano. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I'm just but waiting. It, I'm, I'm just waiting for that one game, or those few games where Christian Petrarca, like, just has his like sixty game. You know those ones I'm talking about. Unless he's gotten that well, out of out of his. It didn't system, happen yeah. last year, Dano. He had one seventy eight, and then everything else was over eighty five. But like, still like sub one hundreds. The guy looks incredible at the moment. Um, yep. Would not surprise me if he won the Brownlow this year. That's how good he's looking. Yep. Yeah. And Stuart Jew tried to stop him with Matt Rao. And failed. And if anything, it meant he went to another level and just got more contested ball. Yeah, um, yeah this guy is incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're probably looking at value this week. That's why it's a little bit of an awkward one. But break even of 62, he'll be looking at 700, bordering on 700K pretty soon. So if you don't have any other pressing needs, you don't have a Whitfield. You've already got Hewitt. You've already got Cripps. You've already got Heaney. I can see a world where maybe you go Jack Steele to Petrarca, don't I? Anyway, the next bloke who I get a stiffy over, who is, like I said, ever since I saw him at Aubrey and I saw how he covered the ground and how they was using him, it's fucking going to another level, and that's Tom Green. 430K, completely different option to Patrick Cripps, who's in 37% of teams. Tom Green's only in 5%. He's averaging 135 Hasn't dropped below 100 yet. Minus eight, minus 19 break even. 
I reckon this is his year. I reckon he's going to be the top in the top two players for the Giants. Top one, obviously, being Toby Green. I reckon it's going to be Green and Green, the top two. That's how fucking confident I am in this call. Pato's said on our run sheet, be careful of Toby Green coming back and having a flow-on effect. Fuck off. Tom Green is literally playing every position on the ground right now. He rucks. He goes forward and kicks, hits the scoreboard. He's fucking in the middle. He plays every position. It doesn't matter where the fucker plays. He's racking up 30-plus disposals. It's fucked. And we all knew it. As soon as he got a tank, he would be great. And this is his year. He's got that tank. The new strength and conditioning bloke has done wonders with him. Pato, I'm going to keep on going unless you cut me off. So Yeah, I'm going to jump in here, Dana. We we kind of talked about this over the weekend. I I love Tom Green as a player. I think if there's one bloke that Richmond need to target and target hard, it's this guy, Tom Green. His grandfather won a premiership at Richmond, so there's some history there, but we won't go into that. Yep. I love the role at the moment, but round six, is it six or seven? Round round six. Whenever Toby Green's back, round six. there's going to be some moving pieces there, Dano. And I think Taranto is one that'll go back into that midfield group. I don't think they'll play both Taranto and Toby Green in the forward line. No, they won't. But Tom so someone's got to move. Someone's got to move out of that midfield group. And now everyone in the competition that's playing Supercoach is hoping that's not Cornelio. No, nah, it won't for be. Obvious, for obvious reasons. If you noticed on the weekend, if you noticed on the weekend... I did two... notice Richmond beat GWS, mate. I watched the game. They uh, put do, Josh Kelly up there? forward. They put Josh Kelly up forward. And it still didn't work, so... Yeah. But I'm just saying, but Tom Green can push forward. He can do all that shit. He's just... The, he's literally Patrick Cripps, but just younger. And it's scary because Patrick Cripps is like 26. But like, <laughs> I, th- I think it's probably 12 months early on Tom Green. I think he needs another 20-odd games to finally hit that breakout year. Now, I can see a world where I'll start with Tom Green next year. I can see a world where I should have started Tom Green this year. But anyway, Tom Green, massive POD. Paddo reckons it's not this year. I reckon it is this year. We'll move on. Luke McDonald, <laughs> 372K midfielder. 114 average, 1.5% of teams, minus 10 break even. Pato was big on this bloke um, as a mid-pricer in the mids because he's likely going to get defensive status um, by round six. So he's not great. likely, Dano. Not if, likely. I reckon I reckon if he played midfield for the next four weeks, he'd still get defensive status. He is playing defense. He's going to get defensive status. Now, if you moved his scoring into the defense at the moment, he'd be the seventh highest averaging defender. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get that in to your team at 372,000, Dano, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's tasty. People are talking about Pat Lipinski because George is all over Pat Lipinski having a fucking jerk off over him, blocking everyone (laughs) in his way. (laughs) Luke McDonald is going to score more than Pat Lipinski. Yeah, like hundred percent. Don't listen to that monotone fucking prick. Luke McDonald is the guy. Simple as that. Yeah. Oh, moving on to Matt Rowell, three forty-two k, one hundred fourteen average. Sixty percent of teams have him. Minus twenty-seven break even. He won't fucking tag again. Surely he won't tag against the Giants. He'll just that. Uh, yeah, no, no. He'll nah, he'll that was fucking a failed experiment. Yeah. Failed experiment. They were doing well until he got moved into t- trying to tag Christian Petrarca and. Yeah, that won't happen again. Um, that's fine. He'll be fine. He'll be, he'll be back to his 120s next week. If you don't have him for whatever reason, A, you're yeah. an idiot. B, bring him in. Simple as that. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, he who shall not be named's favourite uh, player, Pat Lipinski, is on this run sheet. 359k, 110 average, 7% of teams, minus nine break even. I'm not even going to discuss him because I don't actually like Pat Lipinski as an option myself. I think he'll drop off. Um, I think when we're talking about value, there's better picks. Now, if you started him, it's not a bad pick. Um, but if you didn't start Jack McRae and you started this guy instead, then you're a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, I'm talking about you, George. So I wouldn't be wasting trades to bring in Pat Lipinski, bring in some cheaper guys like Jai Caldwell, who we'll talk about in a second, Jake Bowie, guys like that. Um, and if you're spending 359000 you may as well go another 90 k and get Crips or Heaney. That's, that's my advice. Yep. Anyway, the next two um, blokes are very similarly priced. We've got Jai Newcomb from Hawthorne, 261K, 94 average, 3% of teams, minus 34 break even. He's going to make good coin. He's in the midfield rotation, Pato. We all know what he can do. He's a tackling machine. Um, not a not a bad little POD moneymaker there, Pato. Yeah, again, not a, not a guy that you'd keep. Cheap enough to warrant a trade. He'll make 200K at least, maybe even a bit more, depending on how many of those midfield minutes he gets. So not a bad stepping stone, I think, Jai Newcomb. Yeah, and the other one's Jai Caldwell, who's going to be a very interesting pick for us, I reckon. 266K, 91 average. He's literally scored, what, a 90 and a 92? <laughs> so bloody consistent or whatever he did. 15% of teams, minus 25 break even. Merit injury will help him. I reckon he gets more CBAs. Um, for those that are new to Supercoach, that's center bounces attended. Um, he's averaging great still. Anyway, he's averaging the 91. So, yeah, the more mid-minutes I reckon will help him and he'll mark crack 100 this week. Yeah, the thing is, he's already getting about half of games in the center bounces anyway. That was with Zach Merritt playing. Now, the only thing you've got to worry about with Jai Caldwell is Ben Hobbs. But the thing is, Jai Caldwell is an experienced player. Ben Hobbs is a rookie. Correct. So they may not even bring Ben Hobbs in. I think they will. But if they don't, Jai Caldwell is the guy that you need to bring in if you don't have any other issues in your team. He's yep. cheap. He'll make plenty of cash. He'll be. He'll probably even score better than uh, Pat Lipinski um, yep. while Geordie goes and fucking slits his wrist because he doesn't have Jai Caldwell. Fuck, so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jai Caldwell is great. I don't have Jai Caldwell. I probably can't bring him in, but he'll average 100, 105 until Merritt's back. and great stepping stone yeah, I'm just gonna, I might have to start censoring Pato soon he's going right the fuck off um, anyway we've got Ruck so Pato's put on oh, the meek shall inherit yeah Floyd Meek 263k 86 average 0.8% of teams minus 17 break even I think this one's on here Pato because of the whole watch and see for the Darcy update I'm assuming yeah, I mean, if 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 they come out and say Sean Darcy's done the old uh, Cindy Moses like half of the compass, um, I think you you fuck Cindy off and you go Lloyd Meek. You know what? I can see you averaging hundred for the next month. I'll bring you in. I'll make he'll make you two hundred fifty k. He'll get to five hundred k. He'll average hundred, and that's fine. Um, I can see a world where you can go from Gorn to to Meek, pocket no. the two hundred and 240k whatever it is i'm not good at maths 340k <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want with that cash gorn's going to go down in price meek will go up in price you trade them back for each other in a month 
happy days and you've got Patrick Cripps or you've got Isaac Heaney or you've got George Hewitt. Um, depends on it. If you use trades last week, I wouldn't be looking at something like that. But if you uh, didn't trade last week, like you listen to us and you're actually smart and have half a brain. Correct. Um, I don't mind that little maneuver if you don't have Whitfield. I, oh, I don't like it, Pato. I don't, I don't see Meek averaging 100. You might sustain the 80, maybe, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that, that's why we discuss these things. But yeah, I, I don't like that. But I'm bullish on not trading Gorn out. Because um, if he didn't have all those frees against in round one and three of them were gifted to English, um, he would have cracked 100 easy. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on that one myself. Uh, but if you're one of the 0.8% of teams that have Lloyd Meek, then you kind of want Darcy not to play. Anyway, so Jared. My, my more oh, point yeah. is, Dano, if if you're one of the idiots that started like three fucking donuts, um, you're going to need the cash to turn those donuts into someone that's actually playing footy, Dano. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And that's where you need to do something like that because you're a fucking idiot. I'm happy. Gaunt's averaging 90. I know he's not going to average 90 first of the year. I'm holding that guy. Whitfield, I'm jumping off because he's fucking injured. But I'm talking about the guys that are stupid enough to start donuts. You're going to have to do something like that to generate some cash because it's simple as that. I've got Connor McDonald as my M fucking 10 making money. He'll make money up until the buys. Corey Durden, fuck, he scored 24. Sure, shithouse, but he'll make cash. Yeah, Simple as that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, Jared Witts, 380K, 103 average, 15% of teams, 16 break even. More of a stepping stone than a big ruck fucking average. Yeah, big averaging ruck. Anyway, um, but he does. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> he has a pretty decent run, though, of opposition the next four weeks. So he might make you some cash. But yeah, he's, I don't think he's a keeper. I think he's more of a stepping stone, Pato. Nah, this is another one where if you're not keen on Meek, you could probably go to Wits instead. Now, you don't obviously make as much coin by that trade, but you probably have more confidence in Wits at least averaging 100 over the next three. He's got the Giants this week, Dano. Now, whether they bring Proust in or whether they let Flynn get bullied by another big-bodied uh, Ruckman um, remains to be seen. But then he's got little little Deconing. Now, whatever Deconing it is, who fucking cares? But the Carlton Ruckman that is a very good Ruckman and and oh. that other guy that played at Hawthorne, Pitten, 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 whatever his fucking name is. And then he's got the Saints. Now, whoever the Saints ruck that week, who knows? It's probably going to be fucking Jack Sinclair at this stage because I just throw a different bloke in there every week. Um, and then he's got Brisbane who don't really, I mean, their rucks are okay, but nothing special. And then Collingwood in round seven. So they'll have Brooke Grundy. So, the next month looks okay. Um, if you're not keen on Meek, I don't mind uh, Wits as a stepping stone. But again, if you've used trades last week and you don't have any other pressing issues, then I like it. If you're using trade boost, Dano, um, don't. You're a fucking idiot. Trade boosts are there. I wasn't going to talk about this now, but let's fucking do it. We've already started. Yeah, trade um, boosts are there, ladies and gentlemen. If you wake up on a Sunday morning and you find out that Jaden Short has got COVID and he's not playing that afternoon and without him, you've got a donut. All right, I've got to turn him into someone else that's playing on Sunday to avoid a donut. It's not there to help you burn through trades to bring in guys like fucking Pat Lipinski because George told you to bring him in because he's a fucking idiot. Simple as that. Like, 
Don't waste your trade boost. They're there to help you through COVID issues. Supercoach aren't going to pump trades into you because you're an idiot and you've made all your trades early. Keep them there for when you fucking need them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to stick to the two myself. Anyway, Riley O'Brien is the other ruck that we've got listed down. 520K, 101 average, 4% of teams, 100 and... Well, what's that? 102. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Is that his break That's even? A break even, mate. Ooh, nice. The same Thank as you. every other every other person on the run sheet in that full spot. Shut the spot. fuck That's a up. Even. Shut the fuck up. I'm talking. Anyway, um, you got 110 versus Grundy. Good runner rucks coming up too, Pato. Could he be a top yeah. five ruck like they discussed when he had his first year and he fucking scored that 180 or whatever he did? Yeah, so we talked about him a little bit in preseason, Dana. Was someone that is someone that could move into that category. Now, it wasn't a sure thing, but he's had two good good weeks. He's had 92 against Lloyd Meekshaw. That's not great, but he's had 110 against Brody Grundy. Brody Grundy isn't a horrible ruckman. Actually outscored him. He's got Port Adelaide this week. Scott Lysette isn't great. Uh, Essendon, Sam Draper's okay. He's actually scoring okay, don't know. He nearly made the run sheet, but he's a bit young and his body isn't great. So he'll probably win that matchup. And then, yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Richmond in round five. Um, Riley O'Brien famously scored about 190 against Nankervis. No, it wasn't against Nankervis. It was against Ivan Soldo. Um, so has a good record against Richmond as well. So good run coming up. Um, if you're looking at Riley O'Brien, you're looking at him as a keeper. And if you're looking at him as a keeper, you're probably trying to get rid of Gorn unless you're trading Sean Darcy. So um, it's an interesting one. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he averages 100. And at 520, that's not a bad proposition. Yep, yep. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, forwards now. Um, Isaac Heen Dog. I dream of Heaney. 454K, 141 average. Oof. Now, Dano. No. I know. I know. I know where you're going. No. Yep. Okay. You know yeah. that he who shall not be named has named his team I dream of Heaney because he's a Heaney homeboy. Oh, fuck. Wait, really? Really? Oh my fucking god! And I did not know that. That's how fuck. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, anyway, so sorry, Isaac Heaney. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on, my friend. Well, we we named one of our um podcasts last year. I dream of Heaney when Heaney. He must be a regular yeah. listener then. Yeah. Uh, um. Four fifty four k. One hundred forty one average. Nutty. Uh. Twenty four percent of teams. I'm one of them. Little brag there. Um, minus 15 <laughs> break even. I reckon he's a must have. And it pains me to say it because remember before the Albury, I saw the Albury game, I was like, I wouldn't touch Heaney with a 10 foot pole. Then I saw that Albury game. I'm like, fuck, I need to get him in as much as it pains me to say it. And I reckon, yeah, he's a must have, man. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Now, he's kicked eight goals in two weeks. He's not going to average four goals a game. He only has to average one or two a game and he averages 120 for the year. It's the midfield. The only issue is body. But the issue, the thing is his body issues have all been contact based. They've been ankles. They've been shoulders. It's not soft tissue. It's not Patrick Cripps who had a cooked back last year. It's not Patrick Cripps with his knees. Like it's just freak injuries. And sure. Isaac Kenny plays in a kind of way that encourages his injuries. Kind of like Matt Rowe. Reckless, whatever. But that's what makes them such good super coach scorers because it's the contested nature of the game. And yeah, I'm bringing in Isaac Henney this week. 
Um, the only thing that will stop me from doing that is if he's not not playing next weekend, if he's out with COVID or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah, Isaac, if he didn't start in four hundred fifty-four thousand, he will be well over five fifty very soon. So if you don't get him this week, you're going to miss the boat, and yeah, you'll be paying way too much to bring him in, and you'll get mad FOMO. So bring him in. Negative fifteen break even is insane for a guy that's at that price. Yep, correct. Same with the next bloke. Zachy Butters again started him. Fuck yeah. But so did 49% of the competition. Uh, 443K, 125 average, nine break even. Basically the same thing. No brainer. Fucking get him in. Yep. Next. Yep. Timmy English, 482K, 111 average. Ooh, 11% of teams. 60 break even. Rolls there. Steph Martin. Um, Bevo came out and said Steph Martin's probably in the best 26. <laughs> Best 26 players. He's not going to play every week. But then again, it's fucking Bevo. He might be fucking mind-fucking the media and everyone else. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I don't mind if you've got the luxury of every single player that we've named and you've got the must-haves. If you wanted to go down, gone down, I don't mind you going down to Timmy English in the ruck because I can see him being a top eight or so forward. So then when you get the cash gen and you trade out like a forward rookie, you can flick Timmy English into the forward line and then upgrade your ruck again afterwards to someone that's actually more settled if you wanted to. That That's that's an idea that I don't mind, Pato. It's not a bad strategy. The only thing I'd be slightly concerned about with Timmy English, English is the fact that they're, the Bulldogs are 0-2. Yeah. So they're going to try and look at ways at why they're losing two games. They played a grand final six months ago, Dano. So they're going to be looking for answers. And I feel like the scapegoat will be Tim English. Now he's been great in the ruck in terms of super coach scoring. He gets plenty of the footy, gets forward, kicks goals, gets around the ground, plenty of touches. But traditionally he has been made the scapegoat. Now, who was it? I think he ended up leaving the club, Dano. But Round 21, 22, I want to say, last year, they moved Tim English out of the ruck and played him forward. And they just played a full back that's like 195 centimetres in the ruck and threw him in with the Wolves. Oh, fuck, oh, I wish I remembered his name. Yeah, he went to Carlton. Yeah, whoever his name, it doesn't really matter. Who fucking yeah. cares? But yeah, I, I just feel like when things aren't going right, Tim English is the guy that they look at and go, well, you're not doing good enough in the ruck. So Steph Martin played in the VFL last weekend and did okay. So I think he's going to come in. I reckon the ruck split may move to about 50-50, maybe 60-40, but Tim English, I think his scoring comes down a little bit. So it's why I'm not yep. super keen, but yeah, Tim English is a great option. If you started him, good on you. He'll be over 500,000 pretty soon. And I mean, as a forward, he'll probably average 80-85, so it's not horrible. But yeah, next year when Steph Martin retires, Tim English is the biggest lock in Supercoach history. Anyway, next one's Lukey Jackson. He's 389K, 113 average from a massive score in round two. 8% of teams, break even a three. Now, I've got a thing with Lukey Jackson, Pato. And I was talking to... I, ha, I have him in my Supercoach Draft League with the Draft Doctors, and I put him on field for one very good reason, and that is his one huge score when he played the, the Suns last year, he went 140-plus. And Simon Goodwin realized that the matchup with him versus the Suns, they just can't contain him. 
So that's why I put him on field in my draft league. And I think that people are going to get a bit sucked in to the Luke Jackson hype because he's never dropped below 140 against the Suns. He's not going to play the Suns every week. I think he might get maybe an 80 or something. Now, next, ha- just, just hang on there. Yeah. Hang on there, Dano. Hang on. Jared Witts didn't play last year. He had an ACL. So Luke Jackson played Ruck in that game because they had fucking Chris Burgess or whoever it was playing Ruck. And it was probably more a case of them resting Max Gorn during the season to reserve for finals. So I think that's why it happened last year, but carry on. But Goodwin also came out and said, we noticed that they're like after the game, he's like, yeah, we, we noticed that they can't basically contain Jackson. So we exploited it. So I, yeah, I don't think they're going to use that tactic every week. Yeah, and so here's the thing. I think people are gonna Luke Jackson, I think people are gonna get sucked in. I think people are gonna get Luke sucked Jackson in. did have a good game and he's scoring well, but I agree. Don't get sucked in by Luke Jackson. He yeah. only had 10 center bounce tennises on the weekend. Max Gorn had 16. Max Gorn only had the 18 hitouts. Now there's not many guys that are as tall as him, as in Rockman. Mm-hmm. And Jared Witch is one of those guys. Jared Witch just just beat Max Gorn. It's simple as that. It's weird to say, isn't it? Because Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Max Gorn also had five clangers and he went at 44% disposal efficiency. He got the footy 18 times. He had the same amount of disposals as hitouts, Dano. Yeah. I just, yeah. Don't get sucked in by Luke Jackson is what I'm saying. Just don't do I agree. It. That's that's why you hold Gorn. He still had 16 center bounce attendances. Um, he's fine. Don't stress. Like hold 50 him. Odd, 50 odd contests, uh, ball ups or whatever around the ground. Gorny. Anyway, don't get sucked in by Luke Jackson is what we're saying. Anyway, Dan Rioli is the next one. Forward defense, 336K, 91 average, 3% of teams, 14 break even. Pato was keen on him uh, in the preseason and towards the end of last year when his role changed to uh, off halfback. Um, and he's only going to get better, Pato. Um, but is it sustainable? I think it is. He's playing the, the Basher Hawley role. Now, Jaden Short is the primary ball user out of defense. And I mean, he had 33 touches on the weekend, Dano, and somehow GWS let him do what the fuck he wanted. And 29 of those were kicks, and of course, at 87% because of Jaden Short. So Dan Rioli is playing that support role, but he had 21 touches, eight marks, 17 of those were kicks. And of course, because the GWS forward pressure was non-existent because they played 27 forwards up there, uh, tall forwards up there, he went at 81% because no, no one's catching up with him when it's fucking... Yeah. Jared Brander playing forward. So um, yeah, it's not a bad shout. There's probably way better options for even cheaper than that, including the next guy we're going to talk about. But hey, if you've got all the guys that we've talked about already and you're looking at something a little bit different, 336,000, he'll make money. Is he a keeper? Probably not. Is it handy to have a forward defense DPP swing? Absolutely. Um, Paddy McCartan is a defense forward rookie price player so there's some things you can do with that same with sam sam de Koning, exactly so you can bring a dan riol into your, your forward line and all of a sudden you've got that swing between forward and defense and as i said not a keeper decent stepping stone the role looks good um he's finally growing into that role as a first-time halfback guy so yeah i like dan Rioli. yeah anyway the next bloke um you should have started him Will Brody, 224K, 89 average, 39% of teams, minus 46 break even. Rolls there. Um, even with Fife, if Fife was playing, I reckon he still would be averaging what he is now. His playing time, like I think he only plays like 65% of the game or something, but when he's in 
and he plays as an inside mid and he just gets those he's he's the workhorse and yeah i i like him as a great he's a good cash cow he's a good cash cow pato i reckon he's a must-have do you think he's a must-have yeah i started him Played 61% on ground day now and got 101 from 26 touches. So obviously the tank is a little bit of an issue, but they're playing him in their short bursts. In those short bursts, he's getting a lot of that inside ball, feeding mm. it out to Andy Brayshaw, feeding it out to whoever the fuck else they've got in there. And yeah, I think he's a must-have. He's going to make plenty of good coin. Hopefully he builds his tank progressively. If he can get that playing time up to 75, 80%, he could go to another level and... Maybe it's just for another month while Fife's out and you, you sort of jump off after Fife's back in. But you at least see the role when Fife's back. And, yeah, I think you need Brody. He's going to make really good coin. Negative 46 break even. That's fucking huge. He's going to make, what, 200K at least? Bring him in. Yep, yep. Anyway, we'll go to uh, some uh, listener questions. Now, I'm just going on to our facey post that we put up. Now, Sam has said, worth trading out underperforming Primo? Um, he's and then he's asked, "Will Gorn come good with Jackson having such a good start to the season?" Well, Jackson's only played one ridiculously good game, which was round two, and Gorn played a, actually a not a bad game in round one and just had a fucking lot of frees against. So I reckon keep Gorn. Um, but yeah, well, as we discussed earlier, it is worth trading out an underperforming preview if you actually watch and do the eye test. Now our eye test on Whitfield, we didn't like it. And even though he's running 15 Ks very awkwardly and, but I, I see him backing out of contests and all that shit. And yeah, no, nah, it's not for me anymore. He might come out and destroy this week because fun fact, Lockie Whitfield. And I don't know if anyone's actually researched this a lot, Pato, but Lockie Whitfield does one of two things versus the Suns. What do you think they are? I don't know, mate. You're the Giants expert here. The first one, he goes ridiculously big in super coach or he gets injured. There's literally no in-between against the Suns. So it won't surprise me if he goes big, but also it won't surprise me if he gets fucking injured against them because there's no in-between. It's really weird. It's a ridiculously weird stat that I had a look at, and I was like, my God, okay. He might not even play this week because he might be overcooked, underdone. I don't fucking know. But anyway, he doesn't look good. He's the only one that I would consider trading out. Yeah, all the other ones you got to stick with, like your parishes and all that. Like Parish had 110, your fucking Jack Steele's had an 111. Whoever fuck traded him out to fucking knob jockey. Um, Aaron Monish. Yeah, we, we, we addressed that earlier on in the uh, the podcast, Dana, about idiots that traded out Jack Steele. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> sure, he's got a break even of two under three, but it's Jack Steele. He's still playing midfield. He's still getting all those tackles. He'll sort himself out. That's fine. Um, just to address Sam's question, it all depends on who the premium is. Um, yeah. If it's someone like Jack Crisp or Jack Steele who just had one bad game, just deal with it. Um, yep. Max Gorn, he's had two bad games, but the role's still there. That's why the eye test exists. Well, he's fine. Um, he didn't really Whitfield have a bad game in round one. Right. No, he didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. And he had five frees against um, against the six. Suns as well. Six, was, was six. it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's that's why you just keep those guys. But Whitfield is the one where you've got to jump off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, yeah. Anyway, Aaron Monish said Whitfield, that is all. I think we just summed it up then. Pantelis. Okay, Peter. Um, has said thoughts on Hayden Young. We gave our thoughts on Hayden Young earlier. Be a bit of a POD, but I think we think that it's a bit too early. He's not going to be a keeper. Yeah, pretty much sums that up there, Pato. 
yeah, wouldn't go there. Um, more of a draft option, but yeah, don't waste yeah. your trades bringing him in. Um, there's way better options, I think, that'll make you more coin if that's what you're looking at. Hayden Young's not going to be a keeper, so I wouldn't waste my trades. And Tate, as always, has come in clutch and has asked, should he use the boost uh, for three tra- three trades this week to get the most value out of it? I'm saying no. I, I, I think the boost should... If you want to use the boost, the best time's probably maybe the buys. But we're very... We're very bullish on the COVID situation and we think that you should just hold on to them just in case. Yeah, I mean, the tra- the, the buy three trades anyway. So if you boost, you get four. That's just ridiculous. So um, I think people are going to need their trade boosts to make sure they win their head-to-heads in leagues or make sure they avoid a donut when they get a premium that's laid out on a Sunday due to COVID or injury or whatever. So I am very big on the fact that you should be holding your boost. Do not use yeah. them in round two. Use your two. I, th- I don't think anyone should be using four trades over the first uh, two weeks. That's just me. Yep. I think two over the first two rounds is okay as corrective trades. Then you've got to sit for a few weeks unless you get injuries. Um, you're going to need them, especially this year. You're going to need them at the end of the year. So yep. do yep. not – I would be advising against using your boosts, um, even if it means getting rid of an underperforming primo. The only one I'd be jumping off is Whitfield. Use one of your, your normal trades for that. Um, bring in someone that you've missed like Crips or Heaney or whatever and leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we can't not get them all. Yeah. The bottom, sorry, the bottom line is you can't get them all. You're going to miss out on cash cows. You're going to miss out on some cash generation. You've just got to live with that. And if you've started donuts, then you've got to die on that hill and you're a fucking idiot. That's the bottom line. Anyway, we're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options that can set your team apart from your opposition can win your head-to-heads and whatnot. And league games might help you with your fucking overall, like our lucky Neil lock-in last week. Um, and it paid off for so many people. So um, we got the first game up is the Western Bulldogs versus the Sydney Swans. Pado, I have a massive POD for this one. Um, not in my side, but it's a massive POD for the 1% of teams that actually have him. But who do you, who do you think are good VC options in this game? Uh, I'd be a little bit wary of this one because Sydney have been tagging. Now, Callum Mills actually tagged on the weekend, Dano, um, and still scored quite well himself. So that was my fucking yeah, I'm not POD. Sure. <laughs> what, Mills? Fucking Mills. I just can't. I, I, reckon, just, oh. I reckon he'll run with Dunkley or Bontempelli. And I reckon he will destroy again. Yeah, he may well. He may well. Yeah. Um, Heaney may bash up on the uh, the pathetic Bulldogs, the the bottom dwellers. Oh, um, um, we know the Bulldogs like to run one way and not the other, and Heaney will get forward and kick goals again, I reckon. Yep. You got your McCrae's. McCrae is pretty much the set and forget VC this year. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's just the, the It's a little bit unattractive. Um, he actually doesn't have a great scoring record against the Swans. So maybe you look at that and think maybe Dunkley's a better option. But again, Dunkley is someone else that tagged for a bit over the weekend. Now, I don't know why these coaches are doing this shit with their best ball winners. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You see Richmond, you see Melbourne. They don't worry about tag and they just fucking do what they do. They win games. They win premierships. Don't worry about what the other team are doing. Just fucking focus on yourself. Yep. Yep. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. So they're your, your tips for this week uh, for the Bulldogs versus Sydney Swans there? 
They're the ones that you're picking? Yeah. Yeah, yep. cool. Move on to Friday's game because that one was the Thursday How night. Weird. Friday... What? How weird, Dano. There's two Friday night games. Yeah, this is fucking... It's going to really... And you can't really, like... You have to pick a VC for one of them. Like, because there's an hour difference between the games. So very, very strange. Yeah. Anyway, Friday night, number one at 7.20 p.m. at the MCG. It's Melbourne versus Essendon. Clayton Oliver. Christian Petrarca. Don't mind either one of them, to be honest. Essendon, Essendon don't tag. So I can see a world where they both score over 130. Yeah. Um, I also like Gorn. I think Gorn will do pretty well against Draper. Um, Draper's a little bit shorter than your average Ruckman. So yeah. Gorn, yeah. could, this could be Gorn's big sort of 140 game to really stamp himself as, hey, remind everyone that yeah, I'm the yeah. number one Ruck here. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't really like Parrish isn't a bad idea. Melbourne don't tag, as we mentioned before, but I think Melbourne probably win this pretty easily. So there could be some really big scores from them. Do you reckon, do you reckon uh, Parrish will go back to his 40 or 35 plus disposal game now that Merritt's out? Uh, he could, but the only issue is with Merritt out, it means he probably get the best defensive midfielder from the opposition team. And we nah. know that Parrish does tend to struggle a little bit against the tag. Now, luckily enough, he's got Melbourne, Adelaide and Freo, who are all teams that don't tag in the next three. So yeah. he might be all right. And then he's got Collingwood who don't tag and the Bulldogs who don't tag. Hawthorne are apparently top of the ladder, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, um, going back a bit. I haven't caught any of their games, but I'm not sure if they tag. And then they've got Sydney in round nine. So they don't have any teams that tag in the next few weeks. So, yeah, I mean, Parrish could hopefully explode for your case, don't I? Yeah, I hope he fucking does. I picked him for a reason. And he's, yeah, anyway, um, that's all we're going with in this game. I'm not going to do a random yellow and say Jake Bowie. Oh, oh. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. The same. Uh, Essendon's forward pressure is actually pretty decent, so yeah, nah, I don't know yeah. if he'll go off the chain again it, it this was, week. Hopefully he does. Joke, I'm man. an owner, but yeah. <laughs> it was a joke, man. Imagine if he goes 150 again. What the fuck? Anyway, um, we'll move on to the second the second game on the Friday night, which is 8.20 p.m. at Adelaide Oval. It's a showdown between the Crows, the Crom, and Port Adelaide Power. So, Pado. What are you liking this one? I'm going to say a real POD, Travis Boak. He's, he's fucking averaging so high. No, at the no. Don't pick anyone from the team that's bottom of the ladder. Um, <laughs> Rory Laird is apparently back this week, so don't love that while he's underdone. But just someone to think about. We didn't mention him before, but he's probably going to play this week. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe a Zach Butters. I mean, I'm really big on Adelaide not being a great defensive team, so maybe... But as someone that could get off the chain a little bit and being a Friday night, it could be a decent little VC alternative to Jack McRae, which half of the competition probably will do. Yeah, it might be a little so, bit different this week. It might be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, McRae hasn't quite had his really big games, but I mean, betting there's against a, there's McRae a is pretty... There's a matchup later on that I think again, and I'll actually back it in and it will take a pretty hefty score for me to take as VC that I reckon you can take the VC and risk it with someone other than Jack McRae this week. And you'll know exactly who I'm talking about as the lock-in C for later in the week. You or Aaron Hall. No, but it's the same game. Anyway, we'll keep moving. We'll keep moving. 
So no Ollie Wine shout. He's fucking. What's going on with him? One of Brownlow. They're bottom of the ladder. They're, they're fucking shit. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, another bottom of the ladder fucking team. Saturday. Well, there's only one PM. bottom of the ladder, mate. No, this is no. These guys are third bottom. Who are my the Giants. Giants. My Giants. Need to get a win on the board, but I kind of hope that they lose so then they sack Leon Cameron and then Alistair Clarkson takes over. Uh, Aren't they finishing <laughs> top four this year, Dano? They still can. Oh, yeah. But no, no, there's a, there's, a, there's a stat. Anyway, there was a stat about um, the run home with 0-2. It's actually not as bad as people think. Um, 16th versus 8th. The Gold Coast Suns are in the 8th. They're playing the Giants at Giants Stadium. Tom Green. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> actually... Wouldn't mind Tom Green going ape shit, but um, no, nah, you got to go with old mate Took Took because no no one can fucking run with Tookie, no one can run with him. Matt DeBoer can't run with him. Giants, the only one that could run with him would be Lockie Ash, and they're not going to use Lockie Ash to run with him. So mate, Matt yeah. DeBoer tried to to tag Jaden Short, and he couldn't even run with Jaden Short, and he's not yeah. even a fast player. So yeah, it's not. I mean, I could yeah. see Matt DeBoer yeah. playing on a rail, maybe. No, but yeah, but Took Miller will do what the fuck he wants, and he'll go big this game. So yeah, I like Took Took. Um, don't really like anyone else in this game, to be honest. Tom Green, mate. Tom Green, VC Green. All right, and you trade him in and bring and VC. No, nah, I can't trade him in. I've got other shit I've got to worry about. I can't yeah, fit him as in long as you don't use your trade boost. I could. No, I won't. No, no. I'm quitting this podcast if you do that, Dano. No, because the only way I could get him in is if I traded Raul, and I'm not trading Raul. Anyway. No, that's silly. Put my Giants bias aside for a second. Um, Next game, 7.25 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time at the MCG. It's second on the ladder, Collingwood. (laughs) Versus seventh, Geelong. Grundy, Reg Grundy in this one. Beat up on yeah, uh, Grundy. Yeah, Grundy could have a decent game now. At what stage of this game do you think George will regret having Lipinski and not having someone that's better at footy? <laughs> anyway, got- Dangerfield might bounce back from his uh, heavy tag last week to have a decent game, so I don't mind that. Um, Crispy Bacon will probably do what the fuck he wants because uh, Geelong have a bunch of forty-year-olds in that forward line. Um. But yeah, not Stengel. much else to love from this game. Stengel, yeah. didn't Stengel. he score fucking? Didn't he score fifteen on the weekend? I don't know what the fuck he did, but anyway, he got Stengel. Yeah, people actually traded him in because he went big in round one as a flat track bully kicking goals, and then yeah, that that crashed back to reality in round two, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is my lockety lock. Eight p.m. Stengel had thirteen. <laughs> oh, you're close. You. George probably fucking traded him in the dickhead. <laughs> you can't trade everyone in. Anyways. Um, oh, shit. he's probably used 18 trade boosts already. Fucking hell. God, Pato's going in tonight, boys. Uh, we're recording on a Monday night, by the way, and it's getting very late because um, we had de- technical difficulties earlier. Anyway, we got uh, 8 p.m. on the Saturday night. Brisbane Lions versus North Melbourne. Very short favorites, Brisbane, but my lock is... In the name, yep. Lockie Neil, Neil. Let's go. Move on. Lockie Neil, lock him in. Do you want to discuss any of the others? If you're like 41 percent of teams that don't have Lockie Neil, only Aaron Hall. Um, 
Yep. Brisbane will probably let him do what he wants in that back line, but I think they're going to win pretty comfortably. So yeah, they're Lockie probably going to be happy. Him. So they're the only two options, I think, from this game. He, Lockie Neal is the biggest C lock. He's the biggest C lock this week for me. You could VC him. You could VC him if you wanted to, and then do a C, assuming that Owens doesn't play for St Kilda because Owens doesn't know how to play football. Um, but on because Owens plays on the Sunday, but you got all of these fucking yeah. Anyway, um, Sunday we got Carlton versus the top of the table Hawthorne, which is actually kind of interesting at the MCG. So we got we got so many fucking options for Carlton. We got Paddy Cripps as a C option. I think he's the main one. Um, you could do a Doherty even if you got Doherty, but I think Paddy Cripps is going to be the main one in this one, Paddo, because. I don't like the look of how Tom Mitchell and all them are going at the moment. They're kind of fucking around with their roles. Yeah, but while they're top of the ladder, they're not going to change anything, are they? Well, that's what I mean. They're fucking around with their roles. Like they didn't get a single player score above 100 in Supercoach because they're playing more of a team game. And it's working. Yeah, it's working. So, yeah, fucking the only assets that I like aren't captain option material. For Hawthorne, so. yeah, I think I think Carlton are going to be pretty attractive, super coach scoring wise this year. Yeah, um, Cripps is a great option, Hewitt maybe, but that midfield nah. group will change a bit. Um, yeah, I'd be pretty confident if I had Cripps to maybe put. I mean, you're looking at C's on Sunday, so yeah, I don't love it. I love someone in the next game better. Yeah, I know exactly what you're going to go with, and so do I because he likes to beat up on your Tigers. So we're going to 3.20 p.m. on the next game, which is at Marvel Stadium. Talk about fucking hard surfaces. But St. Kilda versus Richmond, and Pato's going to do his lockety lock. Um, if you've got him, who is? I mean, Lockie Neal is my lockety lock, but Jack Steele has a break-even of 203. He could he could hit that on Sunday. Yeah. Honestly, he, he actually could. He likes beating up on um, Richmond, doesn't he? Yeah, I think this will be... The, the game that George really slits his wrist because uh, he traded out Jack Steele. Oh, Jesus. Um, would you pick Dusty? Ma- oh, wait, no, Dusty's not fucking... Yeah, anyway. Mate, Dusty's running the business from... Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a good or pretty shit, so maybe. <laughs> I beat- but you're looking That's at a captain, I, yeah. and I don't like Jaden Short as a captain. If you're going to no. look at Jaden Short, it'd be a VC. Yeah, that's fair. that's fair. Anyway, the last game. This one could be a big C. West Coast Eagles versus Fremantle at Optus Stadium. Andy Brayshaw could be the highest scoring fucking player this week. Don't know who the ins are for the West Coast Eagles, but he, like, the guys that are coming in are so fucking underdone. Like, if you Shuey, Shuey played last week, didn't he? Uh, or did he not? I don't know. I th- anyway. I don't, th- I don't think he played. Well, anyway, the guys that will be coming in are underdone as fuck. Oh, he did play. He did play. There you go. Yeah, fucking Freo. You're gonna you're gonna be looking at fucking Andy Brayshaw or oh, the potential. Like he went like 189 yeah, sh- last week. Like fuck. He's just gotta be on the other end of the ground to Andrew Gaff. Um, that's the only thing. Oh, oh, oh. But I do I do feel for the Eagles, Dana, and I feel like every club will be affected like maybe not quite as bad, but to a similar extent. So they're just the first ones to go through it. So it's kind of shit, but yeah, Andy Brayshaw to beat up on the hapless Eagles that are all coming back from COVID, I think it'll happen. So Brayshaw, if you've got him, 
decent way to, to finish your year as a uh, sorry your round as a as a Brayshaw captain as he'll get 150 against the Eagles. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Pato, uh, what are your socials, mate? Or you're only on the Twitter. Oh, Twitter. I look I look forward to to some hate mail this week, but it's at <laughs> P A T S. No, sorry, Let's start that again. Fuck it out. At P O fuck. <laughs> at P A T T O S C C C. Fuck it out. Oh, Pato's had a few. Pato's had a few, but I love it. Um, mine is at D A N E O S triple C. That's all we got time for this week, everyone. And I hope you enjoyed Pato's fucking absolute roast. Oh, fucking hell. My God. He likes yeah, it. He um, likes to send it. The inboxes are open, George, if you want to unblock me and have a have a man-to-man. Um, you might have to put your big boy pants on, but feel free to, to reach out, mate. I, I, I don't think starting Steele, then trading him in round two, and then not starting Jack McRae and wondering why you're ranked 40,000 at, at the buys and crying that, oh, I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that, but you do it every fucking year. Like, come on, mate. Yep. Anyway, from us... At the Super Coach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. I'm waiting for it. Speak to you soon, George. (laughs)